0: partners looking to buy items online go to CRAuctions.com all you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold if you are looking to buy something we can help with that too just go to CRAuctions.com Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. of 3 Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona.
1: Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 204 of the Three Point Podcast. Our Super Bowl team includes Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z92.5 The Castle. Well, as we like to do, we like to play a little catch-up, and uh, Matt, I think both you and I are a little anxious to hear what the young fella and some of his experience in Phoenix was all about, huh?
2: I think you much more anxious yes. than anyone
1: else. <laughs> I would agree with that. Uh, but I'll, I'll start it off. So basically
3: we got there. Uh, let me just say what, what a great spot. It really is. It's weird. Everyone's in bikinis and there's like a place called, there's a coffee, there's co- these coffee shops all over the place called bikini beans. And it's literally all like the girls are literally wearing swimsuits when they're serving coffee. So <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, but So, you go from there. Then you go to, like, all these bars. The bars are literally – all the girls are, like, wearing dogs. It's weird. It's just, like, a whole different, like, stratosphere that you are in when you get there. Uh, so, that's kind of the setting. Uh, but we get there basically. So, you know, partied, went downtown Scottsdale. Scottsdale was so, like, freaking slammed and just expensive. It's, like, it's basically their Super Bowl here like we laid out last week. So, we're at the bars for the one night. And it's literally – I go and order four fireball shots. <laughs> bill. So basically it was priced out of the place uh, almost immediately. Uh, So we only went to Scottsdale the one night. The rest of the nights we went out in uh, Tempe and all that stuff. Uh, But actually Friday night when we were in Tempe, so as you guys know, the Milwaukee Bucks were playing the Phoenix Suns uh, the night before. So we go to In-N-Out and the place is packed. I'm not a big fan of In-N-Out. It's basically good burgers with maybe the worst fries you've ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. So I'm, we're in line and I'm waiting there and I'm sitting there to turn around talking to my friends. They're facing like the menu. I'm like in front of them. So I'm turned around talking. And as I'm sitting there talking to them, I'm like seeing this guy walk in behind them. And as soon as he opened up the door, I knew exactly who it was. And it was Giannis. So I'm like, I'm like sitting there and it's kind of like, it was like almost like shocking. Like, what the hell is he doing here? So I like, I'm like, looked at him kind of like made eye contact with him. Then like kind of casually like turned around and whispered to my friends, like, Giannis is literally right behind you and i think they thought like i was joking like oh there's some idiot wearing a Giannis jersey you know he looks like an idiot like that's what i was pointing out no it's literally Giannis, and you could tell that he was just kind of like dude i just want to get the hell out of here like get my get my food and get out so i didn't talk to him i didn't ask him for a picture or anything like that uh he did get a lot of pictures with people but it's funny how as soon as he walked in all of a sudden the place like was erupted and like it was so loud could hard to hear keep like places packed all of a sudden and it was just kind of wild to run into them like that. But, uh, no, it was a great trip. Uh, you, I'm sure you guys really want to hear about the wakes management open. So I'll just jump right into the hat. Uh, it was fun. The only, my only complaint is people see the 16th hole, which is a great scene and they think that that's like what the whole course is like. And it's really not. It's basically like that on hole 16. And that's about it. Um, and what sucks about that is there's two different parts you can go to. There's the little maybe like a 500 or 600, 700 people that can get in for general admission. Uh, but if you want to get to those seats, it's literally you have to be in line at like 3 a.m for when they open up these gates and you'll see videos of people just taking off sprinting to get to it. I mean, it's sweet, but do I want to, on like a four day vacation. Do I want to waste basically, you know, Friday night going to bed at 8 (laughs) PM just to get up and get there at 3 AM to go stand in the stands. It wasn't worth it to us. uh, So we didn't do that. Um, But you get there and then if you want to basically get in outside of doing that, like for that small little percentage of general admission, the rest of those seats are all like 2,500 bucks or more. And it's, a, it's, like, an hour or two-hour wait to even get up into, like, those suites. So that was a little bit of a buzzkill. And my other complaint would be with the actual open was it was sort of set up like a fairground where it was, like, one little, like, block of, like, a bunch of concession stands and, like, beer stands and all that, uh, but then nothing else around the rest of the course. So it, it was still a lot of fun, but I think it's a little bit oversold. You see the video on, like – Twitter, yeah, it'd be fun to be in that arena, but you're also, you know, basically you can't leave your seat as soon as you sit down or it's going to get stolen. So it's a lot of fun, a great event. I would definitely recommend going. Uh, If I lived there, I would go every year, but I don't think it's something I'm going to make it a point to go to every year, uh,
0: if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I did see next year, is uh, what, the Super Bowl and the Phoenix Open the same weekend. That could be kind of interesting, but I get what you're saying. So basically... The big hype was on hole 16 obviously and on the weekend of course there was a couple hole in ones including the huge one by Sam Ryder I actually right. happened I had it on TV watching it live when it happened and that was <laughs> that was an unreal scene with all the the, the beer cans and the water bottles all flying oh, on the you course. you knew
3: the hole in one as soon as it happened, you uh, the the place was loud as hell. You could hear all the way anywhere you were at on the course. It like exploded. Yeah. And you just thought, yourself shit we just missed
1: it <laughs> yeah i think i texted you after that i said man it's bedlam or something on 16 but it, it's a cool uh-huh. setting did you get up to 16 and and look around and see what it looked like no with that's you? the thing
3: it's almost like imagine if you were standing outside of like the big house you can't see what's going on inside it's and it's all walled off there's no there's no openings at all i mean clearly they probably do that on purpose
0: oh okay um, so
3: it's it's like you there's like it's almost like it's its own separate event that's the only way to describe it wow. you have all the the rest of the holes, and then hole
1: sixteen is blocked off unless, like I said, you were there at three a.m. or if you're got money like you have, Ted. Yeah, right. Well, I didn't, <laughs> I I didn't realize that, man. I thought at least you know you could walk up somewhere in no. the vicinity and see what it looked like. You can i mean, like, you can walk. Like
3: I mean, there's concession stands like right outside of it, and you know we did. We walked right by it. I mean, we tried getting in. That was where we found out it was twenty five hundred bucks. So no, it's, it's like I said. Cool. I don't want to complain. I don't want to act like I didn't have a good time. I had a great time but it, it, you have the impression that that's like what it's like on every hole. And it is really not like the party atmosphere is really only on like holes 16, 17, and 18. Mm-hmm. If you go to these other holes, you know, it's really not like that. It, like it, no one's yelling after they hit, no one's cheering, uh, small little groups following them around. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I kind of came to this realization at the course. So Bryson, as we all know, was not playing. Um, I went and saw basically everybody take a shot, you know, Jordan speed, Brooks, Kepka, uh, All the big names that were there, Bubba Watson, I watched him hit. hit. I least followed him for at least one role. And I realized, like, man, the one person I really would want to follow is Bryson. And I really think he would have drew the biggest crowd of anyone there. There's just something about him that's so, whether you really like him or you really hate him, like, you just want to watch him play. And the fact that he bombs his drives, that was my one kind of regret, is I wish that he had happened to be there, because I think that would have been the real draw.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's most golf tournaments. I mean, unless you're, like, a diehard fan. you want, I mean, obviously, when it was peak Tiger, you know, you, you'd want to be following Tiger. And, yeah, like, while Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, and even, like, Rory and some of these other guys, while they're, like, all-time great golfers, are, you know, are you really going to, like, follow them around? Even, like, Bubba Watson would be fun because he's right. engaging. Phil, Phil Mickelson would be fun because he engages with the fans and stuff like that. But, right, some of these other guys, like Spieth, while he's great, you know, is he really that fun to like follow around the whole course? You know, maybe not. Uh, The thing about the course, I mean, I I guess if if you're just like coming around to the course, like this year, last year, you know, you're learning about it. That's the way that the whole course, I remember like five or six years ago when it kind of started becoming a thing, it was laid out as that. That whole 16 was laid out as like the stadium Mm hole. Like the, the rest of, yeah, the rest of the course was, you know, normal, obviously a little more, you know, willy nilly rules. I guess than like the Masters, but 16 is the one that they were trying to make that like an attraction. You come to this, you know, golf tournament to go sit at number 16. And yeah, that's the thing. While now it's like, like you said, there's concerts and there's all this other stuff. Next year, the Super Bowl is going to be there. Well, the the tournament's always on Super Bowl weekend, but next year, like the the Super Bowl is actually going to be there in Arizona at, on the same weekend. It's picking up like way too much popularity almost. <laughs> like it, it's cool. You know, like, yes, I mean, like you're saying, it's still an awesome event to be at, even if you only go for one day. It, it's, you know, it's almost like a once in a lifetime experience, but it's almost like getting too popular because, you, yeah, like you said, you have to be there at 3 a.m. And what when you were laying it out, it made me think of a college game day and like talking to um, some of my coworkers and friends who work on the show, who have been working on it for a long time, like 15, 20 years. They, they compared it kind of to that. I remember some of them comparing it to that, similar situations. Like, at first, game day was cool. You know, the crowds were cool. People would show up maybe a little bit before the show, stuff like that, and then the crowd would be cool. But then as game day got, like, crazy popular and, you know, as big as, as it is now, at some of these big sites, like maybe in Columbus or, you know, for Alabama, if it's like Auburn, Alabama, you know, whatever, you have to get there at, like, 3 a.m. to try and get a spot to be there for game day so like that's kind of the thing right and same thing you get your spot and then if you have to take a piss and you leave well you're losing your spot so kind of like the same thing while yes to be there for a hole in one on number 16 would be incredible you know like yeah you're like pissing your pants all day you're wearing a diaper because you don't want to have to leave and lo- lose your spot so you know there, there's some of that stuff to take into account but still all of that being said, it would still be very cool to be at. And that's, I guess the thing is
3: it's, it's still a golf event. You kind of forget right. it, it was sort of hard to explain where like girls are walking around wearing like, you know, like expensive dresses. Like that, well, that was like basically what girls were expected to wear. It seemed <laughs> like, like where it was almost like not even a golf event. It was just like a social event. Like there was a, you know, this huge like bar under a tent. Uh, but no, it was the thing that also was talking about this whole concession stand, like fairground setup is, if you went there, like, I could, like you were claustrophobic. Like, I'm not, like, a guy that hates crowds. Been to a lot of sporting events in my life. But it was too much. Like, it was, like, it, it basically was, like, walking in Times Square. Like, I can't, I, that's not an exaggeration. You were shoulder to shoulder for 20 minutes, like, walking through this. Hmm. Um, so that sucked. And the other thing that was kind of crazy, we lucked out that uh, we had a friend that lived there who was able to give us a ride uh, back to our Airbnb. But we had to walk, like, two miles away to a Walmart. To just get out of the region because there was no uber rides to be had and from what i've heard it was like you're basically people were waiting for like three hours for an uber ride that would cost like 150 dollars to take you like 10 minutes away it was not yeah that
2: that, that's kind of what i mean like still like this if they're legit trying to make this into like uh, a destination you know they're having sam hunt there they're gonna start having probably if that that might become a thing that like concerts might become a big thing they're going to have to, like, figure out some of these logistics, you know. Like, yeah. other. Otherwise, people are just going to pissed off, get pissed off and not go. Like, yeah, pe- people will always go, kind of like Faster Horses. You know, Faster Horses at first was, like, a big deal. Oh, cool, concert, you know, country festival. Now it blew up into what it is now. And it's, like, like your story, Jared. You guys are sitting in line at Faster Horses for basically a day waiting to get to your campsite. So, yeah. you know, that I, I think, like – this is really cool. It's going to continue. This isn't going away. So like, right. yeah, maybe they, they have to figure out some of these like logistics or something.
3: Yeah. It just needs to get, give it like probably five to 10 more years, go back and it'll probably be, you know, way better in terms of that sort of thing where they can build the infrastructure. <laughs> it just blew up so quickly. It feels like, you know, within it's always been big, but I feel like it's really gained some traction. Like you were laying out Matt, like within the last like five, six years on social media and it's, it's blown it up way too big for itself. Uh, it's like this course is in the middle of a neighborhood. Like, it's it's hard to explain. There's really not, there's no parking lots. There's no, there's no way to like, they're going to have to basically buy out some houses and like rebuild this place. I feel like if they really want to make it great.
2: Yeah. Wow. And the funny thing is too, I know Ted, you're trying to jump in. I was just going to add real quick. Uh, a few of my friends who are like huge, huge into golf. They like travel around and, and golf a ton of courses. They've played that course a couple of them the week after this tournament, they went down there and played it and they said the course was completely tore up <laughs> and like, You know, well, well, yeah. I mean, you would expect that maybe after a a pro event, you know. But like, I think that's maybe going to be a thing too. Like, you're you're saying it's in the middle of a neighborhood. The people who live there, you know, year round, they they don't want it to turn into basically a frat party because their their like home course is getting destroyed, you know, once a year or whatever. So I I feel like I've just read I've read a little bit. You know, knowing you were there and we were going to talk about it, I've, I've read a little more. There's been a lot of like negative publicity on it too because of stuff like that like yes it's yeah. a great event it's bringing a ton and you you laid out the 700,000 people it brings in or whatever all great for the economy and stuff but then like there's all, all the negative stuff too like like right now the area is probably destroyed right now it looks like it looks like torch lake after fourth of july probably right now but <laughs> yeah you know
1: still so it's still cool though well i was gonna ask um now that you've done it jared and, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, Flint used to have Grand Blank had the Buick open, and I was actually over there on a media thing uh, and saw Tiger play, and they were famous for for Hole 17. But question for you, uh, this is kind of like a bucket list thing, I would guess. I mean, you know, maybe the Masters would be the true bucket list golf event, but now that you've lived through this and, you know, the excitement of it, but the negative parts of it, how do you prefer golf do you want to continue going to tournaments and you know having a blast and spending some big bucks or watching it on television because i gotta i, te- I gotta tell you the tv coverage <laughs> was fantastic yeah. i guess what I, is is what I, it's new well here's the thing that's weird and it's not like we
3: you just don't know who's playing well you don't know what's going on right you don't know like it's impossible to tell and you hear about like how it's masters they take your phone away yep I almost wish and here's what was weird about it is' like we'd be following speed and it was no problem like getting right up like right on him like he really didn't have that big of a crowd around him uh, and a lot of these players didn't so it just didn't like feel big it was it was kind of like anti in a way other than like I laid out those last three holes those are sweet you know millions of people watching it though like but yeah it, I, I I didn't love it. Uh, like I feel like it could have been fixed with a, just a few like logistical things, you know, bathrooms all around the course, mm-hmm. drink stations all around the course. I think with a few things like a few different changes like that could have been a lot better. But outside of the Masters, or if I was like a ma- like a major in Detroit or something like that, I don't think I'm compelled to go back to a golf event.
1: Right. And then the other thing I had a question on is, uh, from my experience, just trying to figure out what's the best way to watch it. Uh, I I tend to think probably just buy the cheapest general admission ticket, you know, get in the gates. Um, I spent, I don't know, I watched an entire bunch of golfers go through on a par three, watching them pepper the pin, you know, that was kind of fun. But then just kind of mosey around, you know, drinking a beer like you did, like you watched Spieth and, uh, you know, just kind of chill out and, and, you know, pick and choose what you want to watch.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's what we did. We followed, basically, each of the star guys, we followed for a whole. And like I said, mixed in with a lot of bathroom breaks and beer runs, so it just it was it was a fun time. But going back, I would know how to do things a lot better. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I was just going to say uh, again, a few friends that have been there. Um, this was like a couple years ago, so maybe a little before it like really blew up. They kind of they've gone they've gone a few times, and they've kind of said kind of like what you said, Jared. You know, you figure stuff out. Same again, same with faster horses. Same with all these other events that you do. You kind of figure out stuff you're going to do differently. And they kind of said what, what they did the last time they went that like maxed out the experience, they went to like every practice round and they went to when you could actually like go out, hit some balls and actually like interact with some of the golfers because they're there just practicing. Mm -hmm. And then during the round, they hung out like near the course and, you know, like went to some cool bars and stuff like that. And they like interacted with the community, I guess, because, okay, you got to go to the course, you got to interact with the golfers see what it was all about. And then during the tournament, kind of like what you said, Ted, the TV coverage is incredible. Oh yeah. You're in Arizona. So the weather is great. So you get to watch on TV. You're right there at the course basically, but you're not amongst that ridiculous crowd. Now, when you're, you know, you know, your age, Jared, when you're a little younger (laughs) and it is kind of like a party, you know, maybe it's a little different, but like if you're, you know, you were kind of laying out Ted, like as far as like a golf event, would, would you go back? If you're there to like legit soak in the golf, that may not be the event for you. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. if you if you want to go watch the golf, you want to appreciate, you want to see Ricky Fowler, you want to see some of these guys. Eh, maybe not the Waste Management Open, but it it still would be really cool to go to Yeah,
3: and the way like I literally I overheard a girl talking on the phone, basically explaining to somebody that it's she's not there for the golf. It's she's there because it's a social event. Like it's right. what it was. It, people were not wearing, people were not there with goofy pants and like a fat ass. They were wearing dresses, you know, like um, the, the type of golf attire you would normally see or, or the, the, excuse me, the type of stuff you would not normally see at a like golf event. Uh, but yeah, no, a great time. Uh, but definitely, definitely a lot of things learned. And, and no, exactly what you said, Matt, what I heard was basically the best time to go is the pro-am uh, on Wednesday. Uh, with the the celebrities and the pros mm, playing together, yeah. like that's that's the time to go. Basically, for the, all the reasons you laid out. Perfect.
1: Well, uh, a good event for you. I guess the one other question I got in general, we had a debate last week about itinerary or no itinerary. How did it all work out for, you had six in your group, right? Everybody get along, did did everything you wanted to do. Well, I was going to say
2: you, you got swindled into doing some hiking. It sounded
1: like. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. I was dying. So I
3: I need to get my diet and my workouts in check because I really haven't exercised in about a month. Uh, since the like the New Year's resolution, you know, <laughs> rush, and I was dying on this mountain Camelback. It's like it's it's rated hard uh, in terms of like hikes, uh, you know, on like some hike uh, website. Uh, very hard, but I, it's so cool. I mean, the thing that always blows me away when I go to the, to Arizona is, is the mountains. It's so cool. It's just, you know, I can, I'll stare at them like, we'll, we're driving, you know, 30 minutes to Phoenix or whatever. And I'm just sitting there staring out the window at the mountains the whole time. Uh, and the cactuses are so cool. It, it's just, it's, it's like you're transported to a different world. It, it really is how it feels. And coming back to Michigan just doesn't feel right
1: yeah it's it's kind of cool i know it's called hiking because it's out in nature in the mountains but i like to call it walking that's what i that's what i do with it <laughs> it's not a walk though
2: you're literally like rock
1: climbing <laughs> i was gonna say they're,
2: that, i mean they're, especially arizona that's legit hiking out there oh yeah, it's not yeah. like you're just not like you're just strolling around Kerwood Castle or something.
1: Right. Well, welcome back anyway, young man. <laughs> we're glad you made it back and uh, to this beautiful weather. Hey, by the way, while, while you were gone, uh, yeah, I want to bring this up here in the open. It's, it just kind of hit me. You know, Frank Beckman passed away, and Frank Beckman... Yeah. I mean, he's a local legend broadcasting from WJR, died at 72 of brain disease. But, you know, that that guy really was as good as you can get in a football play-by-play guy. And it's just amazing, you know, that he followed Bob Ufer and, you know, never missed a beat. 33 years calling Michigan games. Yeah. I, I didn't realize he was there that wow. long. He's he's kind of the voice of Michigan football for you, isn't he, Matt?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, spot on right there. Right? And talking to some of my friends michigan fans you know we were talking about frank beckman passing away so we were sharing a bunch of his clips you know that Mm -hmm. he would see on twitter and all that stuff when and you know just remembering some of the legendary calls that he had and yeah when i think about i mean because my dad when when uh, i grew up a lot of times you probably did this too ted a lot of times he would mute the tv and turn on the radio right because because he liked frank beckman so much so I, i would be watching on tv but listening to frank beckman and, you know, if you, in the car, if we were happened to be going somewhere, Frank Beckman would be on call in the Michigan game or whatever. So, so yeah, that his voice is just legendary. And to think about that, I mean, so for you, it's Bob Eufer. To go from Eufer to Beckman, and then Jim Branstetter was great. You know, he he's a legend also, but maybe not, not play on the by level play. of – Right, not on, like, Eufer and, and uh, Beckman. Right. Michigan, Michigan has a, a big hire here. I know radio's not as big as it used to be, but it's still really important – you know, for for the local fans, they've got to make a home run higher here because yeah, that that could really fall off if they kind of swing and miss on that higher.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if Dickerson would do it, but that would be my first call. I think Dan Dickerson, uh, for those of you on know, Tigers play-by-play play guy on the radio. I think he's he's great. I've heard him call high school football games. You know, for the state finals, I, I, that would be my first uh, selection.
1: Yeah, he'd be yeah. he'd be really good. He would just have to work out contract to you know, deal with the Tigers because there'll be some conflicts for sure. But I'm sure he could work that out if he was interested. I you know, all three of us are in the media. I just want to share a little little flashback in time back when I was really going out and doing interviews, you know, doing the doing the media thing back in the day. I'll never forget going to Michigan Stadium to cover the I think it was Wolverines in Wisconsin at the time and was up in the press box and you know talked my way into getting into the booth there with Frank and Brandy. I got to tell you guys it was it was it was a little bit comical and we'll tell you a sign of the times because I walk in the booth and they're both smoking lung darts like they're going out of style. <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> probably probably had a couple cocktails too and
2: you know just <laughs> I bet. I bet they. Yeah. I. I. I don't know if I've ever heard that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, I bet they did. They did all their homework. They were professionals. But you almost think you get into a groove calling those games. That you're. You're just up there. You're calling a game. Oh yeah. I, I mean. mean you're, you're, you know the roster. Yep. You know who the guys are. You're just up there calling a game.
1: Just picture it. You know, they're sitting there at the front table there of the upper press box area looking out on the field. The binoculars are next to them. They're sharing a, an ashtray and just, just <laughs> pounding those things. <laughs> probably help them call a lot better game. I mean, they're probably wired. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I
3: mean, I- I've I've only smoked a cigarette maybe a few times <laughs> in my life, like if I was drunk or something. It wires you. I can see the appeal of them. <laughs> uh, I got,
1: That's I got, funny. B- before we move on to the Super Bowl, I got another question for you guys. Uh, you know, since we're talking about broadcasters, you know, how much do you think uh, a broadcast team, a good broadcast team, adds to viewing a game on television? You know, like the top-notch broadcasters. I I mean, are we talking TV or just like anything? No, I'm talking TV, and heres I'll just throw this in here. I think the real good broadcasters, you know, add a little bit to uh, the viewing pleasure of the very knowledgeable sports fan. You know, the sports fan, I mean, a a football fan that just knows the ins and outs of football. I think a good, real good broadcasting team adds a bit, but Mm -hmm. a good broadcast team adds a whole heck of a lot to the casual fans out there. What, What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that because, right, I, not like, you know, trying to pump us up or whatever, but, you know, we we get the game. So, like, mm-hmm. to to watch a football game, do we need the play-by-play and analysis? Maybe not. So, like, I yeah, kind of like what you're saying, we wouldn't necessarily need Romo breaking everything down or Chris Collinsworth breaking everything down. It adds to it for sure. All mm-hmm. right, for the casual fan, if you've got a great play-by-play, someone who really points out, like, the nuances of the game and stuff like that, that adds a whole lot. I think it's huge. I think there's still a ton of value in having a really good broadcast team, and especially the radio. Because one of my favorite things—maybe it's just me—one of my favorite things is like on a Sunday after Michigan when they like add all of what used to be Frank Beckman's, you know, calls to right. the plays. That's like some of my favorite stuff—is watching, yeah. <laughs> you know, the plays to the the home radio call. You know, that's some of my favorite thing. But I I think I think a broadcast team is huge. I, I think it's big.
3: It is, and I know exactly what you guys mean because I'm. You, uh, if any of us watch a UFC fight, you know we're casual viewers, and I think that's where I noticed them the most. Is team like Joe Rogan, John Anik, Daniel Cormier. I mean, they, they just put a camera in front of these guys, and and they go viral like once every fight night because people yeah. love them so much. Like, I, and and I mean, Joe Rogan's bigger than most of the basically the entire UFC roster. So I think it's really important. I think it really adds a lot to the broadcast if they're really good. Yeah, uh, and what did you guys think? Did you guys think Al Michaels and Collinsworth called a, a good Super Bowl? It was adequate. I did. I mean,
2: yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. I like those guys. I Collinsworth is just. I, I'm. I'm like down the middle on him. He he's good. He's obviously very good at what he does. Eh. I I could like pass on him. I like Romo a lot better. Um. Al Michaels is obviously a legend. But like, yeah. To me, like they didn't. Maybe because I was watching the game just to watch Stafford or whatever. They didn't add like a whole lot to. The production for me on on sunday but
1: still yeah. good yeah we'll get into the game itself and some of our thoughts but i I, I was fine with Michaels and Collinsworth. they they you know, we're used to them, you know, we you know what we're getting, they know their stuff, so it, it was perfectly fine. I think I had a little bit of a problem with uh with the TV production, and I'll tell you why. Maybe it's just because I'm a boomer, but you know, we're watching the game, and and all three of us had a rooted interest in Matt Stafford. You're you're getting into the later part of the game. You're thinking, okay, if they win, who's gonna be MVP? Is it gonna be Cup? Is it gonna be Stafford? And I never saw I, I, you know, for a long time, never saw any visuals like what was Stafford's stat line, you know, or what was cups. And I thought that was a little bit lacking on the on the telecast itself. And I find that to be kind of important. You know, I know ESPN does a really good job. At usually on the games they do, you're getting those graphics. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a bit of a minor yeah. thing, but.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like thinking about it, I, I don't remember like noting that in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, like, man, I wish I knew what, what Cup stats were or whatever. But no, I, it is important, again, going back to, it, not even, I mean, because you're not a casual fan. Going back to any fan, if all of a sudden you want to know, man, what has Cooper Cup done? Is he going to be MVP or what are Stafford's numbers? Yeah, you do want to see that. Now, I don't know if maybe the
1: argument could be you could just hop on your phone quick and open up the ESPN No, app or I was going to add that. I was going to add that. Way. I mean, that was a boomer <laughs> yeah. thing and I easily could have done that. But heck, you're watching TV. You're watching TV. Why wouldn't it be on there?
3: Right. <laughs> that's, no, that's, no, that's fair. That's one thing I like about how we do it
1: at, you know, all
3: the different Valley regions is, is we have what's called like the ticker or Valley Bar or whatever you want to call it. And basically how we at least do broadcast in Detroit is, you can put, we are nonstop, basically as many as you can put into the broadcast on the like little ticker bar, not like a graphic that pops up on the screen. We're putting in all those individual stats almost a, as often as you can. As soon as a guy catches a pass or, you know, throws a pass or, or scores, uh, it, it's constantly getting put on the screen. And I think that's the perfect way to do it mm-hmm. where you don't always have to put it out. You don't always have to have, have the color guy or play by play point it out every time. But for guys like you who don't want to
1: check their phone, it's right there (laughs) on the screen for you every time. Amen. I pay enough for my cable bill, damn it. I want it on there. Yep. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's uh, let's get into the Super Bowl. I think we'll have a, a couple comments or two, and we'll get into that right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234.
2: Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380.
1: All right, guys, Super Bowl 56 in the books. The Rams do it. Matt Stafford gets that Super Bowl ring. Uh, some of your initial thoughts while we start this conversation.
2: I mean, for me, it's it's again what I've been saying for the last few weeks as the Rams were marching through the playoffs, that Stafford was finally getting his vindication. He was finally getting his due. He was finally getting all the people who had maybe seen him a little bit but didn't really know a whole lot about him. Finally, getting to see how good of a quarterback he is when he's got a legit coaching staff, talent around him, a good supporting defense, also obviously. And you know, he played. He played a. He didn't play like a spectacular all-time game. He played a very good game, but he also it was almost like a classic Stafford game. Started off hot, right. had that little lull in the middle mm-hmm. where you know, at, you know, the two interceptions. I like the one was basically a punt, and the other one, you know, off the receiver's hand. So you know, whatever. So, but he did have the two interceptions then he had to have his fourth quarter comeback like we saw a million a million times when he was in Detroit so it was a classic Stafford game he came up with the two three you know four or five throws that were like all-time throws and him and Cup are just money I'm I, I'm telling you as much of a man crush I have on Matthew Stafford it might be bigger on Cooper Cup oh. because I could just watch that dude run routes and play receiver all day so yeah it, to me I, it was a great game it was cool seeing Joe Burrow um, he, he needs a much better offensive line. They better address that next God. year. But, you know, awesome game. But, you know, for me personally, and I'm sure you guys too, very cool to see Stafford finally get get his Super Bowl.
3: It was. It, I mean, the biggest, the sweetest throw maybe I've seen ever, given the circumstances, was that no-look throw, mm. literally a no-look throw to Cooper Cup. I mean, just right on the money perfect perfect encapsulation of the Stafford experience uh you know gonna have some just idiotic interceptions and he's gonna have you questioning you know if he's losing his mind middle of the game but two minute drill or need to need a score to go ahead he's one of the best at it you know regardless of who you point him up against whether it's Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes I'd put him up with just about anyone in the two minute drill or the four or five minute drill like they did uh, in the Super Bowl uh did you guys see the stat that Detroit was the second most viewed yeah. <laughs> uh, region in all of, like, I, I'm, and here's what's weird to me. and I feel bad, and it, this shouldn't change my opinion. I was all in on the Stafford train. You know, I was loving him for the Rams at the start of the year. And somewhere along the midseason to this whole playoff r- Super Bowl run, it's became, like, overboard. And it's man. it's made it's completely changed my opinion on it. Where I'm like, I kind of hate this guy. I'm rooting for the <laughs> Like, I, I don't. Maybe I'm the weird one for having that opinion. But it's just been. You see the Detroit Rams shirts oh, uh, joke, selling man. out in stores. I saw like m- some of my friends, like uh, two different people. One person I see has like Los Angeles, like uh, Jersey cookies with like Aaron Donald and Cooper <laughs> Cup and like Matt Stafford. Like, like what is going on here? I just. <laughs> I don't know. It it really made me wanna see him kind of implode at the end of the game. And I feel horrible for feeling that way.
2: I think I honestly think some of that is the whole mob mentality thing. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, once once some people started doing it, maybe it became a little bit of a joke. Obviously a ton of people, you know, as big of a Stafford fan as I am, I kind of agree with you, the whole Detroit Rams thing, you know, people buying Um, I don't know if you're rocking like a Rams Stafford Jersey or something, you know, okay, cool. You're, you're a fan. Some people were taking a little far, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But at the same time, if you're a fan and that's what you want to do, I don't really care. Do whatever the hell you want. The Detroit, I would never find myself wearing a Detroit Rams shirt though. While it's cool, you know, for the the stores and the shirt shops to make some money off that stuff, you know, they're trying to capitalize on the moment. Um, Yeah. Good for them. They probably made a ton of money. But I would never find myself buying a Detroit Rams uh, shirt or anything. The whole TV thing, that just goes to show. And, Ted, you know more than anyone. We we all know that Detroit is longing for a Super Bowl. All it took was Matthew Stafford getting to the Super Bowl, and Detroit is watching it more than basically anywhere in the world. I mean, it's just insane to think about.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, if the Lions ever made it to the Super Bowl, it would be just the state of Michigan would be shut down. I mean, it would be the biggest sporting event it, ever. It, it really would. And, I, you know, this whole Detroit Rams thing, I got to admit, when I first saw somebody posted it on Twitter, I chuckled and go, hey, that's pretty clever. Then it just went completely nuts. And, you know, they're, they're, they're selling those shirts at Meyer. I mean, they're all over the place, you know. It's just ridiculous. There's no way I'd wear one of those damn jerseys either. No way! I actually I forgot this happened. Uh, When I was at the Waste Management Open, I was wearing like a Detroit
3: Tigers pullover. Mm -hmm. Um, This guy, I was like walking through drunk, like pissed off, walking through this like Times Square type crowd. Some guy goes like Stafford, like looks at me like (laughs) Stafford. I literally like shot my eyes at him, like I was like I I was staring right through him, dude. It was annoying. Like was everyone was like, I I guess I blamed myself for wearing that, but. People felt the need if you were wearing a Detroit gear and they were from Michigan, they felt the need to like make a comment about it to you every yeah. time.
2: Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I, I got that a number of times the last couple of weeks around here, like wearing Michigan stuff or um, a tiger. I, I was wearing a tiger's hat a couple of days ago and someone did the same thing. You must be rooting for Stafford. And I, I didn't, I wasn't nine beers deep in Arizona, so I didn't <laughs> shoot him. I didn't shoot him devil eyes, but I was like, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I hope he wins one or whatever, but it is funny how everyone like put those things together, Detroit fans, Stafford, you know, whatever, but it, it was cool. It was, it was cool to see him win the way that he did same way through this whole playoffs. Like he had to come up and make big throws again, like we've seen a million times, you know, in Detroit when he was with the lions and he he had to win the game. Yes. The, the Rams defense and Aaron Donald just insane. The plays that they were making also, but you know, Stafford had to come up big and, you know, it, it was, it's just, it's cool to see him finally get re- the recognition he deserves. Now, you know, obviously what happens all the time, there always has to be something to debate with, you know, with sports immediately after oh, it's, is he a hall of famer? Yep. Now? And so we, we, we can, we can talk about that personally. I think he's like right on the edge. I would yep. mean yes. You know, I, right now I would say yes, but I'm also, you know, I, I went in big time on MLB hall of fame and whatever I think about that. I, I don't think, like, the Hall of Fame should be this, like, super elite, you know, only the, the best of the best of the best make it. I think it's a cool club. Like, should Trent Dilfer make it because of the one Super Bowl he won? No. No. But with everything with everything that Stafford has done with, now, the Super Bowl, I would lean yes. But, you know, I, I can see the argument against. So
3: I, I think yeah. he he would get in. I think he needs one more to like one more Super Bowl win to like solidify where people aren't going to be bitching about him getting in. I think if he gets in right now and like nothing really happens last like little part of his career, I think it's going to be kind of a big argument uh, if he does get in. Um, So that's why I look at it with Aaron Donald. I mean, he's the best defensive lineman you guys have ever seen. Right. I mean, Ted, I guess you're the one that's seen
1: more football in your days. Reggie, Reggie White, Reggie White was right there. Uh I don't know if you've ever seen any of his clips, check it out on YouTube. (laughs) I mean, what you say,
2: Reggie Reggie White or Lawrence
1: Taylor? Or Lawrence Taylor. Those are two pretty good ones right there. <laughs>
2: How do you – I just – I mean, Aaron
1: Donald. I mean,
3: looking at – I was like – people were posting his, like, career accolades. Seven-time uh, uh, first-team All-NFL, like, rookie of the year and a pro bowler in his rookie year. I mean, he's won all these uh, defensive MVP awards. I he basically was a one-man wrecking crew. I mean, they, the Bengals literally couldn't drop back for two seconds yep. without having to unload it or he was going to be sacking you. Uh, to be honest, I think he was the, the more deserving MVP winner. But, man, he's just terrifying. And if he retires, what a, like, eight-run year his career was. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think one one thing about Donald, you bring up Reggie White and then I, I mentioned Lawrence Taylor. They both played defensive end. Aaron Donald's doing this as a defensive tackle. Yeah. You don't, you don't, yeah. You don't see tackles – dominate like he does. I mean, some of those moves that he was making, I mean, he, he's doing this against professional offensive linemen and making them look like they were blocking for Jared a few years ago at Corona. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was like ridiculous what he was doing. And he just took over the game. I, I don't know if you guys saw the clip. I, I tweeted it out. I think um, the NFL shared it. It was in NFL films, you know, mm-hmm. they had uh, Sean McVeigh mic'd up and I, I just, I could, I could listen to this kind of stuff all day, like Absolutely. coaches and players. Talk, talking during the game but McVeigh was going nuts before that last drive like smacking Donald in the head basically saying yeah. this is your time you know whatever yeah. and he, he called it he was like Aaron Donald's gonna make a play right here and d- he did and that, that kind of stuff is just so cool for me to see uh I mean obviously yeah. you guys too football fans love it but uh, yeah good luck I, I would if there's one person I would never want to uh even attempt to have a run-in with it would be Aaron
1: Donald I mean that's just a scary person. Absolutely, you know, and I think the thing about Donald, and and I agree with you, Jared. He's, he's definitely one of the all time greats. He's on the the Mount Rushmore probably. But uh, you know, he ended up mentally and 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 putting the product on the field for this eight nine year part of his career. The Lions had that potential with Indomik and Sue, and I don't know what happened yeah. to him mentally. But coming out of Nebraska, that guy. He had every bit of talent as Donald, and who knows what happens, right? I mean, he obviously couldn't keep it together. He was kicking people in the head on the field, right. just losing control. I don't know if it was too much caffeine in the game or what, but kind of. Kind he still of, had a great career, but I do agree. It, yeah. it does feel like he
3: underwhelmed because I mean, he was about the best college defensive player that's ever been. Right, I mean, he was insane and Nebraska in those first few years of Detroit. He had he was you know all pro. Right, so he. he He's great, but I just I don't really know what happened. I have one complaint about in terms of like the X's and O's. Did you guys, do you, what do you guys think of like the having two backs in the backfield? I, I hate it. And this is why. If you notice for the Cincinnati Bengals, every time they had like a third and one, or I don't think they ever went for a fourth and one, but third and short, they would bring in this backup running back, Samaj P. Ryan. And wouldn't you know it, every time this guy was getting stuffed. And then on that last fourth down, uh, Joe Burrow threw a pass that was very near his vicinity,
1: and he didn't even die for it. 100%. I, just, I, hate, I
3: hate the – but Joe Mixon is a great running back. Why sub him out? I don't, I don't care if Samaj Pirine weighs 10 more pounds. I trust Joe Mixon to find a way to shake Aaron Donald arm tackle more than I would Samaj Pirine, and it, and it bit him in the ass. I just didn't mm-hmm. get that.
1: Well, uh, how do you rate the game overall? Uh, the quality of it, the the you know the con- contest. What do you think was it pretty decent? It was a
3: decent game. I felt like the second half, up until like that maybe that last Rams drive, was not the best football I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know something about those West Coast Super Bowls. It feels like not as big when you're looking in, and it's like daylight mm-hmm. for the first you know two and a half, three quarters. Something about that just like doesn't sit right with me. The stadium looked awesome. Uh, it ended up being a good game. I'm glad Stafford got his Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, just didn't feel as big. I think it was just due to the fact that I was watching it at like 3 PM and it was like daylight out, you know, just didn't feel, have the same feel as normal.
2: No, that, that, that's interesting because you were watching it on the West coast and I've heard people talk about that. Like, um, you know, I've, I've had friends that moved out to the West coast and they said like how big of a change that was. I mean, with sports, because, you know, usually, uh, even just taking college football into account, say Michigan plays at noon. We're used to it being at noon, whereas out on the west coast it's like 9 a.m. You know, you're watching Michigan versus Ohio State. It just doesn't feel the same. Or nah. those primetime football games that usually kick off at seven, eight o'clock at night on the east coast, they're kicking off at you know whatever four or five o'clock on the west coast. Yeah, like you're saying, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. Maybe maybe you get used to it. You know, if you live out there and that's all you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. There's there's something about the Super Bowl being in New York or you know Miami mm-hmm. or something in the west coast where it's dark and it's it's nighttime or whatever, but I'm I'm kind of with you. Again, Stafford makes it cool. I, I love the Super Bowl, but there was that that lull in the middle where it was like it was like three and out, three and out, three and out, and it's yeah. kind of like all right, what's going on? Yeah, but it, it it picked up at the end.
1: Well, congratulations to Stafford, and uh, you know the other big thing of a Super Bowl obviously is the halftime performance. Lay it out, mm-hmm. boys. What what are you thinking? Yeah, I was say you got to give it to Matt. That's Matt's generation. He's got to be <laughs> that first one to get the crack at this.
2: Thing. <laughs> Uh, I I tweeted it out right after that, you know, maybe a little prisoner of the moment, but I don't think so. I think it was a top three all time halftime show, even for people who might not, it might not have been their cup of tea as far as the music. But those were, those are some of the like biggest, you know, uh, legends in music, music, even if, you know, you don't like rap or whatever, those are still five of the biggest artists of all time, really six because 50 Cent was there too, um, out there performing and, you know, people are making fun of the whole 50 cent thing, you know, whatever. I, I Silver don't think dollar. I do big of a deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's only dollar. It's just like, yeah, he gained some weight. I mean, who, who hasn't? No Like, you are comparing him to a, a video from 20 years ago. Okay, yeah, he put on a little weight. He still looks pretty jacked. I mean, he still looks yeah. like he's in pretty good shape, so I don't know what you're saying. But, you know, Snoop Dogg and Dre and, and, like, the songs that they played. And even if you're not, like, a very big Mary J. Blige fan, like, those are two huge hits. So yeah, again, obviously nostalgic for me because that's the music that I grew up with, and Eminem's one of my favorite artists. And you know, I, I kind of wish he would have done a couple songs, but I, I get yeah. they are trying to—they're they're trying to spread it out over what, fifteen minutes? So yeah, not enough time. Uh, yeah, overall, I, I loved it. I would put it up there, top three. I thought it was great.
3: I mean, the 50 Cent, I mean, he stole the show, like, in terms of, you know, the, the social media presence. I, I think the only reason it was so, like, glaring that, like, you know, people would say, oh, he wasn't the best champion, is, it, is it, he didn't sound very good, you know? I, yeah. and I know it's a live performance, but it just it, he just didn't sound that great. Um and that would be my only complaint with that. But, no, he was still great. I'm still so glad he, like, performed. He performed, like, the biggest hit maybe ever in the rap game. So it was, it was a great scene. Uh, and I love the upside-down, like, homage to the music video. It was very cool. Uh, I liked how they presented it. I liked how they each had, like, their own, like, house or how, mm-hmm. whatever you would call it with Kendrick Lamar being out front. Uh, you got some. ass sounds like you're a big fan of Mary J. Blige. I understand they probably needed to have, like, a female presence in the show. But if I was if I was going to be critiquing it, I would have – Maybe she had two songs. I probably would have cut it after one song. gave gave that extra, you know, one and a half uh, minutes to somebody else. Uh, But other than that, I thought it was it was a great show. I mean, Snoop Dogg, coolest guy there's ever been. Everybody loves Snoop. Fifty Cent, Eminem stole the show with Lose Yourself. Perfect way to finish the show uh, as that being the capper. Uh, great show all around.
1: Yeah, I might surprise yeah. you too, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm not one of these haters on it. I thought it was fine. I mean, did I know all the songs? I kind of had a, I had in my mind, yeah, I'd heard that song or I heard this song. Did I know the names of them? Just sitting there watching, no. But uh, I thought it was pretty good too, and I did like the way that they laid out. Uh, you know, the, it was kind of like the neighborhood, wasn't it? Right, right, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I'm not a hater on halftime shows. There's, there's very few that throughout time i've hated you know so so it was fine yeah Yeah. no
2: i i would agree with you on the mary j blige thing i I said while it was going you know she did her the family affair was her first song i'm not i'm not necessarily i'm not necessarily a huge fan i know like her hits and stuff like that but the second song that she did when she was doing it i said to my wife i was like i wonder if she wanted to do this song to show that she could still sing because that was definitely like a song that she had a hit those high notes and stuff like that. And I was like, cause that wasn't necessarily, it was a big song, but it wasn't like a huge hit. And I was like, I bet she wanted to do this to like show, Hey, I'm, I'm still here. I can still sing. Cause I would, yeah, I would have much rather taken that time slot, given Eminem more time to do another song, but yeah, it, it was still really cool overall. A lot of energy. It was you, just, it was really cool. Do you think that
3: the NFL is going to do more stuff like this? Like, and I guess here's the funny thing. I saw this tweet a lot was you know, we used to complain, like, when we were kids, like, who are these old guys, like, playing at the show? And then, like, I just imagine, like, somebody like Matt's age or even my age where all of a sudden you realize, wait, we are the old people now <laughs> where <laughs> they're playing it for us. So, I, it was that kind of weird to experience, Matt, where it's the tables have entirely turned?
2: Kind of, because my, my daughter was still up um, watching and she was just cracking up at me because I was, like, standing up and, like, dancing and singing all the songs. And I'm looking at her like, yeah, I look like an old guy right now, you know she has no idea what this music is and i'm sitting here singing it and when you think about it some of the stuff they were singing was like 25 almost 30 years old so it it is kind of crazy to think about that now yeah think about for ted i mean (laughs) holy cow right i mean you've seen what what super bowl were we on 56 so you've seen
1: 55 or whatever halftime shows yeah yeah first first one was a marching band (laughs) you're so old
3: that the 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 now current old acts you don't even know who the the old acts are anymore right kind of a weird thing to think about but
1: <laughs> yeah thank, thanks it's for high, de- thanks like for depressing child. me man
3: <laughs> it's kind of hilarious to think about that it's gone that far where it's not only has it swung around really the old guy where it's <laughs>
1: became so old that you don't even know who they are hey at least i didn't make the comment like my dad did and said i'd rather see Shytown town out there <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, was, I, I was gonna ask you, you you tweeted that out i didn't know if that was for real that was or for real made
1: that up oh no that's, that was for real <laughs> that, that was that was one of his comments and uh, another one was why are there so damn many commercials <laughs> we got to talk
3: about the did did you guys did any commercial really stand out to you guys i I liked one that oculus did where it was like uh stuffed animals in a band and they got back together when they were able to put on the oculuses i thought that was a cool commercial but honestly i couldn't even name another one i'm very
1: forgettable
2: yeah i'll be i I even mentioned again like partway through the game i was like man i haven't really paid attention to the commercials all that much
1: you know it's not not a whole lot it's it's funny you know i don't know maybe it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when, when the commercials were at their peak, you know, where they didn't reveal them before the game. It was always a big top secret. What, what's Doritos going to do? What are all these other companies going to come up with? Budweiser used to have multi, a multitude of them. I'd actually go to the bathroom or grab something to eat during the game so I didn't miss a commercial. <laughs> And, and that's not the case at all anymore God. i mean seriously <laughs> yeah. i mean you could because yeah. they always have replays and stuff but right right but, but uh, the only one i kind of like the sopranos one there's a big surprise right with meadow and aj <laughs>
0: that
3: was that was made for a niche audience of like you and maybe 300 other people
1: yeah <laughs> but but was it a was it a you know a world-class commercial no but i i, I got a chuckle out of that and i like the toyota one with the uh the three Joneses, and then all of a sudden, here comes Jonas. That was that was kind of clever, I thought. Do you remember that yeah. one? No, no. Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> one final one: the Pringle, the arm in the Pringle can for the lifetime of the guy that got it stuck. That was fairly clever, I thought. Nope. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't even remember that one.
3: It was the one I do. The one that was hilarious was uh, the Coinbase one, where they just had the the QR code. Oh yeah. I actually took the time to scan it. And when you know it, the website crashed. So what a waste of like $15 million. Wow. Was, right? <laughs> you literally didn't know what the company was because it crashed. You couldn't even get to the site.
1: Now, now, here we are talking about the Super Bowl and commercials and whatnot. I mean, Jared, you're the group of guys. I mean, was, was anybody even listening to the commercials? You guys were probably partying up a storm, weren't you?
3: I mean, we were, no, I mean, that was the last night of the trip. I think we were all kind of just
1: like, let's just sit down and enjoy the game. We actually got pizza
3: from this place that uh, the pizza box was like the size of four pizza boxes. (laughs) It was huge. Uh, So that was awesome. (laughs) I was obviously in a food coma. So that was probably why I missed some of those commercials. All
1: right. All right. Well, uh, it's another one in the books, 56, hard to believe, and uh, Matt Stafford gets the ring. That's awesome, and like we said, Cooper Cup with the MVP. It could have been Donald. It was a, a good win by the Rams. I guess the big question now I've been seeing, not not the Stafford Hall of Fame stuff, but McVay. Is he going to stick around, you think, or is he going to do a John Gruden and, and get out and go into broadcasting? It'd be hard to turn down the whole broadcasting gig. I mean, he's still, what, what is he, 36? Yep.
2: So you know, pretty pretty young, but you know, he's at the top of the, the the game, I guess. He just won a Super Bowl. But when you look at like what you can get paid, like you said, the Gruden the Gruden route, you know, what Tony Romo's getting paid. Yep. I bet you that's pretty intriguing. But yeah, yeah I don't I doubt he leaves. I, I doubt he leaves at this point.
3: I yeah, I think it's just it's gonna he's just doing it to kinda of build up some contract buzz, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and he'd I, I don't know. I Tom I McVay's mean, about the smartest guy you can name, but man, it seemed to like it'd be dumb to walk away from this Rams team right now. They have at least two yeah. more years of I would goal contention in them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Especially, well, I mean, they've got to be smart because the lions basically have all of their draft picks. So, I mean, their, their window may, like you said, two years, maybe their window may be like two or three years, you know, mm-hmm. while Stafford's still kind of in his prime, but yeah, I'll be curious to see what he does.
1: Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, fellas, I got a couple of, uh, couple of notes I want to throw out here on Tedertainment and get your comments on. Um, I know you've been watching Pam and Tommy, Matt. I don't think mm. Jared's had a chance yet. Um, I like it. I like it, you know. Uh, but I, I did get a comment from, actually happened to be Jared's mom and dad, and they said they got an episode and a half in and had a bail. And it had to do with Tommy's talking penis. They had a little bit of a point there, I think. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of just—you—that was a little spoiler. Maybe, me, but okay. But uh, um, yeah, that that part. I mean, again, you know, you know the subject matter that you're getting right. into when you're watching that show, and Seth Rogen involved in the production. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen Sausage Fest or right, some right. of the Pineapple Express or some of the other movies that he's been involved in. It was a bit of a, holy shit, <laughs> when that started <laughs> happening, but I was I was kind of laughing my ass off. It was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah they, me, they, me too. I
3: mean, they probably went into watching that thinking it was going to be, yeah, you know, like your typical, like, TV show, and oh. that's probably why they were turned off. You have to understand what you're getting to before you start it. Correct. And if that's yeah. going to turn you off, then you're probably just, you. it probably wasn't made for you in the first place.
1: Yep. And I got one other one I just want to give an update on. I think I've talked about it. Mayor of Kingstown. This is where I went on my little rant that Paramount you know, suck you in to watch the first or second episode. And then all of a sudden they move it to Paramount Plus. Um, It was well worth it. Uh, You know, uh, it had 10 episodes. Uh, Episode 9 and 10 was about the most intense television I think I've ever seen. And I'll just give a little It's not really a spoiler alert, but there was a, a prison riot. And it was one of the most intense things I think I've ever seen in television. So uh, I would say if you can handle violence and handle a, a lot of deep, dark stuff, the mayor of Kingstown is well worth the watch. And that's on Paramount+. Plus. There you go. All right. Yeah, No.
2: know uh, 1883, the first season is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. I think two more episodes to drop. And I, I'm still caught up. I'm, I'm still, we're, me, we're me like too. into it. We Yeah, we kind of want, we're like, we're like come on drop these episodes quicker you know but we're we're starting to wonder i don't know if you are ted but we're starting to wonder like only two more episodes this season like how is this season going to end because i i looked up because i was curious season two has not been confirmed yet oh so i'm kind of like yeah I've, i'm like so how is this season going to end because it's supposed to you know lead into yellowstone the show so we're like yeah is it going to end at you know in montana like what what's going to happen here so yeah, I'm curious to see how this one ends.
1: Yeah, I got a feeling they'll definitely re up. I don't know what the what the viewership is, but it's it's really good, and hopefully it does move on to a season two. And it does have I don't, Jared hasn't seen it yet, but uh, the girl that plays Elsa, the young woman, I mean, she is yeah. just she's just gorgeous, isn't she? I mean, she's just a beautiful oh, I, woman.
2: I think we I think my <laughs> wife and I say it every episode. We're like, she is her hair. She's a great actress. She's beautiful. Yeah, we say like she's just a fantastic actress
1: so, yeah and she almost there, doesn't there almost doesn't fit into the whole scene because you know here you are taking a wagon train across america and you would think you'd be grubby and grimy and muddy all the time but she kind of has that glow to her you know that she she's a badass but man she is a uh, she i mean she just is the star of the show and i think jared would definitely appreciate elsa
3: yeah, yeah. I, oh, like I true said, true. I need to I need to watch that show just to, just even if it is for this portion of the show because you guys seem fully entranced by it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to check. It's it. good.
1: Yeah, it's a good story.
2: And speaking of that, yeah, I know we're about to sign off. So Tim McGraw is one of the big stars of 1883. I saw he's gonna be one of the headliners at Faster Horses. So I yeah. don't know if that's I don't know if that's Ooh. gonna interrupt the filming of 1883 or what. But when I when I saw the headliners, Morgan Wallen, Tim McGraw, who was the third one, um, um, your boy a, yeah.
3: uh, a- Air Church. Uh,
2: yeah, Eric Church. I was like, "Damn, that's that's a pretty big uh, threesome right there, headlining Faster Horses."
3: No, it's awesome. I are you back man, on every board? Every time that lineup is announced, it it kind of it, it makes you itch and want to go. Uh, especially more, I mean, Morgan. Wallen. It's kind of crazy to think, but I would say he's the biggest draw of all those guys. And <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how quickly he's like became a, uh, that big of a star. But uh, no, it's great lineup. I mean, Tim McGraw, country legend, Eric Church. Big catalog, and then Morgan Wall, probably the biggest thing in country music right now.
1: I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah. Am- oh, well, Are you going to try to go, or are you going to be too busy with work uh, responsibilities? Where, uh,
3: that's, that would be a last-second ticket purchase if I'm going. Not as big of a plan this year.
1: That makes sense. And then you, talk, you yeah. talk about Tim McGraw. Yeah, he's a country legend for sure. But, you know, I think Matt will agree. He's a damn good actor. He is.
2: Yep. Hey, hey, man, his wife, his wife, yep. Faith Hill, They're they're just, again, another thing we've commented on obviously they're their husband wife in real life but they they play it very well mm-hmm. in the show too i mean i don't know if that just comes naturally because you're already husband and wife but you know they're they're both uh, really good in that show so on faster horses if they ever start selling single day tickets i think that would be huge it would i think we've said that before like i i would do it if you know, it was I, a single I day could, yeah right a single day like you know i would probably lean morgan wallen but to go see tim mcgraw that, that'd be cool
3: yeah, I don't. I, I mean, this is weird thing about the waste management open. I feel like it would almost like delve into the same sort of problem they have if it became. Monday. Yeah. I think maybe the four day, it, it maybe keeps it down a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know that for sure. It, it does no, seem I, like I No, I think uh, no, easier.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're on to something because, yeah, if you could buy single days, people would just pour in for that one day. So
1: yeah. you're probably on to something. Easier on the bookkeeping for them, too, just selling the one pass, you know, to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep all right well fellas I think we made it through another podcast welcome back home Jared uh, Matt what are your upcoming responsibilities at ESPN anything big coming up uh, the NBA
2: and college basketball are winding down
1: so yep nice Stick
2: into that
1: yep and uh, Big Ten getting into full swing you know Michigan Michigan State up and down they go I mean how, how impressive was how impressive was that Michigan game against Purdue I mean jeez that's the team that they can they can be capable of right? Just to lay an egg the
3: very next day. I right? know it's it's the weirdest team. I, I don't know how I don't know how to feel about it yet.
1: Right?
2: Yeah, because like yeah, that Purdue game they showed they could make a run to the Elite Eight if they wanted, or they'll get beat in the first round if yeah. they even make the tournament. That's the
1: other thing too. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, it'll <laughs> be fun watching as we cruise. Through the rest of February and head to March for sure. Well, let's call it a pod, fellas, and everybody out there listening, follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the show. They include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the ALS Association of Michigan, and Z925 The Castle. And speaking of Z925, our upcoming game will be St. John's at Fowlerville this Friday night. Hope you can join us on the radio for that one. Until next time, for Jared Fattell and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattell.